we're going to be taking our reading from Romans chapter 7 verse 14 to 25. For we know that the law is spiritual by my flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do. But I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now no longer now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want I do not want do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other, with my flesh, the law of sin. So, this passage is one of the most controversial passages in the New Testament. And there's a lot of debate on, on the passage of who, who is the divided person here that Paul is talking about. Who is the divided person? And what we see in this passage is what almost every one of us go through in our lives. There are the good things that we want to do in our minds. We want to do them. But working out in our bodies, we can't do what we are proposed to do in our mind. It's things like we are just contradictory. We set up this thing in our mind. But the good that we want to do, we will not do it. And all of us go through this struggle in one way or another. So we can easily relate with what is in the text. So we have to understand what who is Paul talking about here. And there are three basic questions we will have to answer concerning this passage. The first question is, is Paul talking about his own personal experience or is it speaking generally about other people? And there are some people on this side of the other side of the debate who will say Paul is speaking of his about his own personal experience. There are other people who will say he's speaking generally about other people. The second question is this is this kind of struggle and tension and agonizing dilemma? Of wanting to do the right thing but unable to do it? Is it an occasional experience that touches you from time to time? Or is it a continual experience that will be handed onto the grave? And so people go to the option that is an occasional experience that touches you from time to time. Other people of the other side that it will only end. It's a continual experience that we end onto the grave. And the most difficult question of all and the most controversial of all is, is Paul talking about the struggle he knew before he was converted? Or is this struggle the struggle of a Christian? 
and this is the most important question of all and if Paul is talking about if you say Paul is talking about people's experience if you say Paul is talking about his own experience then uh, Christians would have comfort that Paul went through the same thing that they are going through today but if you say Paul is talking about the struggle he knew before he was converted before he was a believer then you are saying that people who are still going through this struggle Christians who are going through this struggle are still living in the pre-conversion state that's what you are saying that these people are still living in a pre-conversion state and this both parties to tell us how one can come out of this state like people who believe that Paul is talking about his experience before he became converted will tell you to get out of this state you have to become a believer why those who believe this is for Christians they have a solution of how you can come out of this stage too which is by the spirit but my answer to the, all the questions is basically is both now, Paul is speaking about his, his personal experience and he's speaking generally about other people. This kind of struggle and tension is, is an occasional experience and it's also a continual experience that will not be ended up to the grave. Paul is talking about the struggle of unbelievers and he's still talking about the struggle of believers. So there's really no much reason to divide over it. And people who uh, they are major proponents of uh, the view that Paul is speaking about unbeliever in this passage, like um, Adam Clark is a major proponent of that. Then uh, the major exponents of uh, the view that Paul is speaking of believers here, John Makoto, um, R.C. Sproul, uh, Charles Hodge, those uh, they are major exponents of this view that Paul is speaking about believers in this test and now people who say that Paul is speaking of his uh, own personal experience because he uses I in this uh, section this is a, this section of Romans 7 13 to 25 is the first time Paul is using I in the letter since the beginning that he used I in Romans 1 and they point out that because Paul uses I is speaking about himself but we we'll go back to another section of the Paul's letter in 1st Corinthians 13 verse 1 to 3 Paul says if I speak with tongues of men and of angels but do not have love I have become a noisy gong or clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecies and know all mysteries and no knowledge if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love I am nothing now, is Paul speaking about himself in this text in 1 Corinthians 13? Obviously, Paul is not speaking about himself. He would have maybe he would have said you if you had done this, but he didn't want to do that and start pointing fingers. He just used himself as a, an hypothetical uh, reasoning. So Paul was just using himself, but that the because he uses eye doesn't say to it. That is a personal experience Paul is talking about here. And the deep personal feeling, this this uh, 
this also carries deep personal feelings again in the text he says the wretched man that i am who will set me free from this body of death this is an agony in the soul that is speaking of these deep personal feelings it is only something that you have if they have experienced personally that you can shout oh wretched man that i am and paul is describing a personal experience and knows everyone goes through it now the key word in this old old uh, passage is law paul begins the letter with law and ends it in verse 25 with law again begins this uh, chapter with law and ends it in verse 25 with law and it tells us that the law kills you the law splits you the law divides you into two that is what the law does to every person and Paul has said bad things about the law in most of the chapters, even before coming here. And now he comes to expand the law totally. Now, the people who expand uh, the view that Paul is talking about a believer in this uh, passage, they are, uh, sorry, that Paul is still talking about unbelievers in this passage, also point out in the passage that statements like, Verse 14, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. Can a believer be sold in bondage to sin? They also point out that um, there is nothing good that dwells in me. Can a believer say nothing good dwells in him? And those are the things that they point out. And they also say, if Paul was talking about his life when he was uh, uh, a baby, from uh, verse 7 to 13 why can't he continue talking about his own converted life in verse 14 to 25 so that is their proof for saying why can't he continue and he's talking about an unbeliever why people who expand the view that paul is talking about a believer say point out that paul used the past tense in verse 7 to 13 but now he's using the present tense from verse 14 to 25 and that is what you see from 14 to 25 you start using the present tense which is talking about the present experience as a believer those 7 and 13 is very clear that he was talking about and his unconverted state but because of the present tense they believe he's talking about a believer and they themselves also point out statements in this passage that says um for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. Can they say can an unbeliever, uh, can an unbeliever love good? Can a unbeliever want to practice good? They can't. They 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 hate bad. They love bad things. They, there's no way they can love good. So they also point out statement: Can an unbeliever confess that the law is good? Can it says can an uh, can an unbeliever wants good? Can an unbeliever uh, joyfully concur with the law of God in his uh, in his inner man? It says can an unbeliever do all this? And these are the things that he point out in the statement that 
uh, Paul is speaking about the believer here. And it also coincides with what Paul has said in uh, Galatians 5.17 that uh, for the flesh sets his desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. So you see this war against the flesh and the spirit. That is what they are saying here. In uh, 1 Peter 2 verse 1, verse 11, Peter saying, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly laws, which wage war against your soul. So you see this struggle again that Peter is talking about here. So these are the texts that he used as proof that Paul is talking about a believer here. And he also said that if Paul, uh, uh, Paul is talking about an unbeliever's experience, he would have started in the talked about it in Romans 1 to 3 because from Romans 4 onwards he's talking about the life of the believer not in the in Romans 1 to 3 he was talking about life of an unbeliever totally so if Paul was talking about an unbeliever he would have put it in that section but it is that the answer is that it is both both a believer and an unbeliever as we shall see Now it says in verse 14, it says, we know. Again, this is something that all of us should all agree on, that the law is spiritual. It says this is what all of us do, both himself and the people that he's writing to. So we ourselves are to know this truth, that the law is spiritual. It means that the law is in the sphere of the spirit. It belongs to the spirit. That's one thing we should all understand. The law is spiritual. And it says, but I am of flesh. So you see this antithesis. This one is in the spirit. This one is in the flesh. And the flesh, it says, the, I am in the flesh. Why? Because I have been sold to under sin. So the body, the person that is sold under sin, the person that has put himself in bondage to sin, is not in the flesh. This is the person that Paul is talking about here. He says the law is spiritual. And for you to be able to obey the law, for you to be able to keep the law, for you to be able to fulfill the law, you have to be spiritual. That is what Paul is saying here. Not in the flesh. So if you have put yourself in bondage to sin, there is no way you can be able to obey the law. And you will be, able to, you will be passing through this struggle that Paul is speaking about here. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. And he says, but I do the very thing. But if I do this very thing, I do not want to do. I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. It's confessing that the law is good so what is that thing is saying that is basically saying this that the moment i am in my mind i have made up my mind that i want to do this thing i want to do this thing in my mind even though i'm not practicing it playing out even though I am not, it's not coming out as I planned, 
in my mind i am confessing that the law is good i agree with the law because in my practice it shows that i am recognizing that i am not practicing what i would like to do but i am doing the very thing i hate the fact that i hate this thing that i'm doing is showing that i'm confessing that the law is good it's showing that i actually agree with the law in my innermost being it says no longer am i the one doing it but sin which dwells in me in verse 17 in verse 20 it says but if i am doing the very thing i do not want i'm no longer the one doing it but sin which dwells in me and when sin is dwelling in you when you have sold yourself in bondage to sin it's no longer you that can be doing it it's sin that is dwelling in you that's why you cannot be able to fulfill the law verse 18 and 19 it says for i know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh the willing is present in me but the doing of good is not for the good that i want i do not do but i practice the very evil that i do not want the willing to do this thing is present i've already made up my mind that this is what i want to do but the doing of good the playing out in my body is not working out just like now, maybe we might be planning to have a good day and do some certain things to propose to work out in the day. And suddenly we go out, uh, we just go out, leave our homes. And when we go out, different things affect us and shock us and affect our own plans that we cannot be able to fulfill what we have planned to do for that day. Maybe we have planned to attend some certain classes. Some things just came up that affected us that we could not attend those classes. And that's what Paul is saying. We are proposed in our mind that we want to obey the law of God. But now, when you are proposed in your mind, your flesh, the members of your body, there are so many things that are working against it, temptations from everywhere, working against it, that you cannot fulfill what you have planned to do. And the basic reason why all this thing is happening, why this person is going through the struggle he's going through, is simply the keyword law under the law and the thing is that that's why i said paul is speaking about an unbeliever and a believer and the key to this old vax uh, uh passage is i by myself in verse 25 i by myself this is something the person does himself and an unbeliever can confess all these things that the law is good. An unbeliever can want to do good. We can see this in the writings. Even like the Jews, the Pharisees, they wanted to practice good. Paul wanted to practice good all his life. When he noticed that he was living in sin, he had recognized the law, had recognized, uh, says this thing is sin. He wanted to do good by all means. So he could have recognized this state that he's talking about. And an unbeliever wants to get to heaven by himself. And when he puts himself under this law, he goes through this struggle. And me, I can confess that I've gone through this struggle. When I was very young then, I, I used to steal. And every time these Ten Commandments would just be ringing on my head, keep the Ten Commandments, keep the Ten Commandments. But I just found out that as I was just writing this thing, I wanted to keep it by all means. Actually, I did not want to steal. But... 
I just will find, I find out that I still go on stealing. I couldn't just overcome this sin at all, even as I wanted to overcome it. It felt like as if the Ten Commandments wasn't the solution to the sin problem in me. So an unbeliever can want to will to do good. That is not something that is totally impossible. And a believer himself wants to please God by himself. So he puts himself under the law, under legalism. And when a believer does that, puts himself under the law, he goes through this struggle that we are seeing in this text. That's what happens when the believer puts himself under the law. And that's why you find out that people who attend legalistic churches, when they tell them that you have to do so, join Susan and so service in it to go make it to heaven. When they tell them to do Susan and so things to make it to heaven, you see that they find out this struggle. They can relate to this struggle that is going on in this text. They can be able to cry out, oh, wretched man that I am. They are wanting freedom. Who can free them out of this struggle that they are going on? This bondage that they are in. And that is why legalism is not good at all. And this uh, battle is an occasional experience and it's also a continual experience. It's an occasional experience that touches you from time to time. And when you put yourself under the law, when you start living in the flesh, this experience comes from time to time. But the reason why I said it will not go, it will go on until you are in the grave is because of your bodies. That is the key. Paul and Emma said that our bodies have been redeemed or our bodies have been crucified. The old man has been crucified. He never said the old body has been crucified. And it's the members of the body that is causing us to sin. And these bodies will never go away till we are in the grave. The law is spiritual. For us to be able to keep the law, if we are to put ourselves under the law, and for us not to be able to say we have to have spiritual bodies, our resurrected bodies. If we have our spiritual bodies, then we will not be able to go through all this struggle that we are going through. That's why I say it will end till when you are finally in the grave. Because that is when these bodies will go totally. But as Paul says, chance be to God that on the one hand I myself, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand I by myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but the other hand with my flesh the law of sin. And in Romans 8, Paul teaches us how to overcome this, how to come out of this struggle as believers, which is living the life in the spirit. The law is spiritual. If you are living in the flesh, you will go through this struggle. But if you are living in the spirit, if you are living by being led by the spirit, like the spirit is guiding you, you will fulfill the law. You won't go through all this struggle that you are going through. You'll be having victory over sin in your life. And that is the benefit of living in the spirit. So an unbeliever wants to get to heaven by himself and do his good to get to heaven. And when he goes through that, he will find out that he's going through this struggle. 
And the only solution for that unbeliever is to come to Christ. Come to Christ. He says, come to me all you that are heavy laden and I will give you rest. They should come to Christ. When they come to Christ, these bodies will be taken off them. And Christ will assist them through his spirit to live the good that they want to do in their mind. The willing is present. The doing of the good will also be present through the Holy Spirit. And the same way for believers, you appropriate the life that God has given to you. God wants you to do good. He doesn't want you to go through this struggle forever. And he has provided the way through his spirit you can enjoy victory over sin. If you are living in step with the spirit, you will enjoy this victory over sin that Paul is speaking about in this text. So the basic reason I just want to conclude with is this. This is both true for the believer and an unbeliever. That is talking about person under the law. So if you are an unbeliever that is under the law, you will go through the struggle. If you are a believer that puts himself under the law, you will go through the struggle. And most of the time, we live in the law in the uh, relationship with God under the law. Looking at where we want to measure ourselves, measure it by the law. Every time we use the law as a mirror to us to measure our life as this type of guidance, only we are meant to be using the Holy Spirit as a guidance to us. Say, if you live by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The Spirit will enable you to fulfill the law. That is why most believers can relate to the experience that is in this test because of the kind of relationship they are living to God on the basis of the law. That is why they can relate to the struggle that is going on in this test. But if there's if someone is living in accordance with the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, there's no way you can relate to the struggle that is going on in this test. And that is why many ultra centuries have gone to say this struggle is only about an unbeliever, not of a believer. So the key is that we should live in accordance with the spirits. We should be able to thank God. Thank God for the provision that he has made. It says, I, by myself, on the one hand, I am a slave to the law of God in my mind. But on the other and my flesh is the slave to the law of sin. There's a sin, there's a different principle working in the members of our body, which is sin and death. And because that mem- that principle is working in the members of our body, we shouldn't put ourselves under the law. If our minds have become slave to God, then we should put ourselves under the spirit, under the leading of the spirit. If we put ourselves under the leading of the Spirit, they will be able to fulfill the law. The doing of good will be present. Not only the will, even the doing, the practicing, what we want to see will work out for us. Because we will not be spiritual to be able to fulfill the law. 
as Galatians 6 1 says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you will not be tempted. You who are spiritual. So we can be spiritual. That's what Paul is saying. As the Lord is spiritual, we can be spiritual. So we have to make the choice from today onwards to yield ourselves to the Spirit. And when we yield ourselves to the Spirit, we will be able to live in accordance with God's law and fulfill the law. Let us pray. Every Father, we thank you for your word that has come mightily to us today. We bless your holy name, O Lord. Father, O Lord, we pray, O Lord, that we will never stay in this struggle, O Lord. Trials. May we see the way of victory that you have provided for us through your spirit and yield ourselves to your spirit, O Lord, and live the life, O Lord, that you want us to live. That not only our mind to be slaves to sin, even the members of our body, sorry, will be slaves to you, even the members of our body, O Lord, will be slaves to you, O Lord. This is what we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.